Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Our audacious leader today is Amy Bouchon Siegfried. She is the co-founder of Last Night's Game, and I'm really excited that she's on the show with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. She's calling from Oklahoma. And uh, yeah, she's got an interesting background. I'd love to hear more about that, like your story um, that, you know, as it relates to to the women listening and uh, Last Night's Game. Well, so last night's game, long story short, was created for those of us who don't know that much about sports, but need to talk about them in a social situation. And that sort of formed based on my experience working in Major League Baseball. I had girlfriends who really had no idea what was happening, not in the field, because what happens on the field really isn't that exciting when it comes to a conversation, but what's happening in the world of sports. And so I wanted to bring them that advantage because that was an advantage I had in my career was being able just to relate and level the playing field in the office. Um, I grew up not playing sports. I was a dancer. I was a terrible athlete in all fairness. I played one season of soccer and I was kicked in the face. And I think I cried almost every single time. And so my mom was like, maybe you should go back to that individual sport of of dancing. Um, But my brother played sports. And so I had to sit and watch sports and he played every sport from roller hockey to football to basketball to volleyball and so you sort of had to learn it all and pay attention and he was always that go-to guy for me when I had questions well what does that mean what happened here why did they call that a foul what does that mean and so um I had that person uh to ask those questions to and that like I said was such an advantage for me as I expanded my career and so um that's kind of the long and short of, of last night's game and kind of where that happened. Um, I've, I've lived quite a few different States, uh, lived in Singapore. So I've really gotten, had a chance to see uh, kind of how things connect. And, and to me, sports is one of those things that continues to be a thread, no matter where you live and no matter where you are in the world that people connect with kind of like food, right? I mean, that is something, no matter where you go, people are passionate about their food and their drink and, that is a common language uh, across the board. Mm, I love how you said that because I, I lived in Europe for 10 years and uh, it's true. You know, food is is definitely something that is a through line and sports too, but the sports in Europe and in Singapore, I would imagine are really different, right? They, they're they really into like motocross and um, uh, Formula One racing and soccer, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't really trouble themselves too much with American football. They think it's kind of silly actually, <laughs> according to the people I knew at least mm-hmm. in uh, Switzerland, Germany and France. Um, but I love that. And it's interesting because like you just you took a, a common need um, because women are not always wanting to spend as much time right on Sundays or whatever in front of the TV <laughs> or at the games. Um, and you've solved this problem for them, you know, so they can just get the the quick synopsis. Is that right? 
That's right. And we really cover sports in the human interest way because you and I would not sit down at a cocktail party and say, oh, did you see the 75 yards that this happened with this or so-and-so's score was this, this, that's not a conversation starter. We wouldn't say to ourselves, (laughs) oh, this glass of wine has 150 calories. We don't talk in statistics (laughs) like that. And so we might say this glass of wine is great. I love this vineyard. It goes, I, I made it the other night and it goes right with the steak or I've been to this vineyard. I love this one or that one, or have you been here or there in Napa? And so it's, it's that common language once again, and speaking to that human interest side of things. And so that's how we cover sports. That is the most approachable way in our minds to bring that to the table for everyone. It's a, it's a tool in your tool belt, if you will, for success. Um, for instance, um, we covered uh, last week on the podcast, we talked about the life of an NFL cheerleader where that is just one more thing that we can talk about. And the thing about sports is it's a great foray into any other conversation. So if you're talking about your, the local, your college football team, you could also take that conversation and say, Oh my gosh. Okay. You went to Arizona state. Where did you live? What did you like to go eat? What did you do on weekends? You can turn that conversation into just about anything. If sports is your starter. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So I went to all kinds of sports events with my dad uh, growing up. So Washington, DC went to Redskins games. Mm-hmm. Time. You know, we went to the Capitals, um, you know, we he had season tickets. So I was frequently trying to figure out exactly what you described earlier. Um, like, how, what does this mean? And why did he blow the whistle then? And what does that flag stand for? And uh, I did play a lot of sports growing up. I wasn't great at them. I was in a very competitive high school. You know, like there were, you know, 80 or 90 people for one spot. You know, like it was really competitive. There were 7,000 kids at my high school. Oh my gosh, it's a lot. Yeah, and we had a great football team because we got, you know, we had a lot of athletes to choose from. Um, but so that was a big part of my upbringing, lacrosse, field hockey, soccer, you know, it's just like, you just kind of had to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think also, but one of that, the value that comes from sports and once again, what you've learned in sports, also a great thing to talk about, right? Mm. You may have not, you could say, Hey, I wasn't the best athlete, but I learned teamwork and different things that you can also play into a conversation that doesn't have to be so succinctly about sports itself. Yeah. So I have an only child and, uh, same. Yeah. I, I always wanted more, but like, you know, and you still really, I don't know if you're planning on having more, but you could, but I always thought it was a crime to like have an only child. Cause she's like pretty self-centered. So like with a very least, she's going to have to be, play a team sport. I thought I could like enforce that. Well, there was like no can do, like she was not interested. And I was I still think you're speaking I- my language. I think we have the same brain when it comes to that. <laughs> Penelope, you have to play a team sport. I, I like shameless bribes, even like mm-hmm. by the time she was in eighth grade, I'm like, okay, this kid, she's got like a rower's body. I mean, she could have been a, like a pro rower. She could have taken her all the way through college. She could have been a, like a swimmer tennis. I mean, every coach would come to me and be like, we want to recruit your daughter. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you can convince her. Good luck. <laughs> she was like six feet tall and had this, they call it a wingspan, you know, of like broadness. She just was built a built athlete, but like, she just wasn't interested. Like you, mm-hmm. she wanted to dance. So what do you do? So there you have it. I mean, we just, <laughs> it all well random. We just need to get ours together and we can just, you know, get all the only children in the world together to uh, work on their teamwork and sharing all the things that they never had to do. Um, but you know what? It's funny in the world now, it's, I, I see so many more and have so many other, more friends with only children, oh, right. maybe because, I mean, I was 38 when I had my son. So I'm thinking maybe it's just, maybe a trend is it will not be so awkward 
as it was when we were kids when there weren't as many only children. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think right now also the younger population are clear that there are too many humans on the planet or they think there are too many humans on the planet, which is a real deterrent for wanting to have a large mm-hmm. family. Um, I think it also depends on where you live, like still families sure. quite large in, you know, <laughs> um, I don't in know, Oklahoma, Utah, Oklahoma <laughs> Idaho, you know, it's like, oh, you've got six kids. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> you Wait a minute. Yeah. How do you find a car that big? <laughs> oh, so, um, so last night's game, like if people wanted to tune in, um, they would go to your website and they could like get information or how does that work? Absolutely. So last night's game, uh, we have a website with reader driven content on it. So we have different guides for different uh, seasons coming up, NBA season, the NFL season, college football, but we also uh, have sports one-on-one on there for a lot of different sports, including lacrosse, which was a new one we added in because I'm not as familiar with it. And we had people asking. And so we have that on the website. We also have a podcast, which comes out once a week and it's a five minute podcast called sports curious. Nice. And then we have a tri-weekly email publication that comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And it's a three to four minute read because we all have enough information in life and enough demands on our time. So I'm a big fan of short and sweet. That is a, that is the key short, sweet, and funny. I mean, that's the whole goal around here. What we do and how we cover things is you're not going to be entertained if it's boring and you're not going to be entertained if it's really long. So let's just get in, get a laugh and get out the door. I love that. I think I'd love to have more relationships like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, give me the juicy stuff, make it fun. (laughs) And let's go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, I'm meeting a lot of new people here. I just moved to Los Angeles County and um, people are very different here than in Northern California or anywhere else I've lived in the world. And uh, it's, it's funny because they are like a little bit more like that. They're not funny per se, but they're like to the point, which I do appreciate because coming from mm-hmm. Northern California, they were like very roundabout. <laughs> yes. Lots of small talk. Um, but you've lived all over. Tell me about Singapore. You lived o- overseas for a bit. We did. We lived overseas. We lived in Singapore and we moved, gosh, we moved back to the States about six years ago mm-hmm. and it was an incredible experience. And um, I wish we would have had more time there. But I think I encourage everyone, as you probably would too, to live outside the country that you're from, yes. at least for a little bit, to understand uh, the great things about your country, maybe the things that could be worked on, but also just the dynamics of how the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing I talk about a lot is the news coverage in uh, Singapore versus the news coverage in the U.S. and how different that looked. And you could be having a catastrophic event somewhere in Asia, and it wouldn't even be covered in the US. And so it's, it's so much to me, it was so much more global. And as a journalism major, I really liked that. It was very much the facts, there were no opinions being broadcast. It was very much the facts of the news and what's happening in the world. And so to me, that was really intriguing. Um, And that was just one of those little idiosyncrasies. I noticed when we lived um, outside of the US, but it truly is an opportunity to to grow yourself um, to learn my husband and I used the the term, it is what it is a lot, because there were a lot of times you're just like, it is what it is. So here we are. Let's just keep going. The first time I went to Singapore, I had this very strong desire to chew gum. And my mother-in-law looked at me yes. and like, no, you do not chew gum in Singapore. And I was like, okay, okay. You're right. Right. <laughs> Oddly enough, I have stepped in gum there. Um, but the story essentially why you, you can, and you can bring in gum if it's for your personal use, you cannot bring in the Costco pack of gum, if you will. <laughs> and so they will check your, sometimes they do check your bags. And yeah. so that was one thing that, uh, because they made this beautiful subway and then all of a sudden the doors started sticking together yeah. and they're like, ah, see you later, chewing gum. So there you have it. I mean, 
Yeah, no, but it's true. It's, it is what it is, is, is the phrase, right? Because you can't always understand how everything works. Although living in Switzerland, I have to say things worked extremely well. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of limitations on what you could do at what time of day and things like that, which which was difficult. For, I mean, when I first moved there, I'm like, how does anyone get anything done? Like everyone's closed for lunch. Sundays, everything is closed. Like this is like, I had to really like, you know, reorganize my life and like you had right. to take the trash to the trash thing. And they were only open during these hours. And it was just like, <laughs> it was a lot to keep track and of. Sometimes like, we don't, we don't have uh, any fresh fruit in the house today or whatever it might be, but it is what it is. We're just going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, can't, can't they just come and pick up my dry cleaning? Like I actually have to go to the dry cleaner and figure <laughs> out when they're open. <laughs> I was like little things like a typical kind of um, silly American first world problem thing. Right. Um, but that's how we operate. And that's what makes you appreciate when you come back and you say, okay, I'm going to get my dry cleaning picked up today. Yay. But those of you who are listening, we mean it seriously. Like whether you've got kids or not, it doesn't matter really what age they are, or you are living in a foreign country for a month, going to rent an Airbnb. It's never been easier actually actually than now to go do that. And um, whatever it is, and you'd be surprised how affordable it is and how um, possible it is to go to France, to go to Italy, to go to Mexico, like really wherever in the world you want to go. You could even enter in now on Airbnb, like best price. And there are villas that are usually $4,000 a night that are, that are selling for like a thousand dollars a night or even less. Um, So you can, you can find deals uh, year round. And it's pretty interesting to been fun to, to do to explore. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of guests do you have in your podcast? Like what do people get from the podcast? So the podcast itself doesn't have any guests because we're so short. So we really relay, um, typically we do something like a five things to know, uh, right now this week is five things to know about the world series. And, um, one of those might be one of the facts is the fact that the manager of the Houston Astros is the guy or he and his teammate created the high five. And so that's the kind of stuff that we talk about where it's not necessarily, the stats and who's favorite, et cetera, et cetera, but little things like that. So we do have a, a segment that we do on our Instagram and on YouTube called water me Wednesday that we do every Wednesday. And there we highlight dynamic people out there just doing great things. Mm-hmm. And so that is sort of the, the fact that it kind of like you, I, I had a chance to meet so many incredible people. I thought people need to learn about how cool is it that this person's doing this or this person's doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us an opportunity to share with our followers just somebody out there doing something great and conquering the world. Mm, I love that. And I really appreciated you saying leveling the playing field because uh, oftentimes women are completely excluded in the conversation unless they're a real true sports fan. So I think that, that I really appreciated you you know, putting that in the, in the equation. And I really, and it's, it's funny when we started this, I, I had someone say to me, oh, so you're sports for dummies. And I'm like, absolutely not mm-hmm. because everyone is so smart at their own thing. I'm not going to try to come in and pretend I know anything about woodworking, but if I went to a woodworking conference, I would obviously have no idea. I'd need to have a one-on-one. And so to me, it's really much it, like, it's giving you an opportunity to level that playing field, to add another tool into your tool belt, tool belt of success. It has nothing to do with, you need to be smart at this and you need to be the next ESPN sideline reporter. It's just one more thing for us to learn and be armed with so we can go out and conquer. And, and one of those easy ways I say to do that is to, if you have someone like a boss who loves the Chicago Cubs, for instance, follow the Chicago Cubs on Instagram. It's the best way to digest information in a really visual way, but usually succinct. And so those are kinds of things that I, I try to do myself even um, to, to be able to tune into where I'm going and be prepared when I get to somewhere for a networking event or whatever that might be. Love it. Really nice. I'm so grateful for this service that you're providing. 
And um, well, those of you who can't see her, if you're just listening on audio today, she is beautiful. Oh, a beautiful, long-haired brunette. Um, and she's just, uh, you might be able to tell from her, you know, raspy voice that's like kind of sexy, you know, it's like a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful voice. Um, so no, she really is. Uh, she has vitality. And this, the podcast is called Vitality. And so now we're all curious about how you maintain your vitality as a business owner, a mom, and a wife. I have to say it is, it is a day to day. Every day is a little bit different this week. I'm striving to actually get some sleep, which is odd. Um, but me too, actually. I, by, by time I hit Sunday, I was so exhausted that I'm making myself go to bed, which is really, really hard for me. Uh, I'm also an adjunct professor. Um, and so that adds on top of everything else. So that keep that sanity by, I take the bus to back and forth to campus, which is about an hour and a half away. Uh, and that's where I work. And so I just try to do the best I can to figure out how to balance all the things and content creation. And some weeks it feels great. Right now, I will tell you, if I showed you my living room, it is covered in clean laundry that needs to be folded, yeah. um, takeout containers in the refrigerator, and we're getting sleep this week. So I trans, you know, I, I kind of got rid of the clean house and you know what, I'll take the extra hour of sleep this week. So yeah. it's, 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 I would say it's a very uh, delicate balance. I don't think balance is really, I, I think balance is more like a four letter word. I, I, one thing I do try to do every day is move some sort of exercise, some sort of something, because that helps me with the stress. And that yeah. to me is that one requirement, because as we talked about before we came on, families are stressful, kids are stressful, work is stressful. And so piece that all together, you have to do what you can do to keep yourself sane. And I believe, um, I really believe in the, the kind of the oxygen, oxygen mask method of you've got to put your oxygen mask on first because if you're not good, the people around you are not going to be right. And so you know what, if the, the laundry stays in a pile one more day, no one's going to miss it. It's also easy access for their clothes <laughs> somewhere. So at some point you make a peanut butter and jelly, you get some takeout, whatever it is, and we're yeah. all going to survive. And it is what it is back to the full circle. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I love that. And I think also the um, hyper, um, perfectionism that a lot of us listening suffer from ends up eroding our health, our energy, our relationships, and letting that go for the extra sleep for peace of mind, um, you know, is, is just, is so huge. So I love that you just gave us all permission to leave the clean laundry unfolded and get that extra hour of sleep, uh, because it's really, it's something that's so critical and, and Absolutely. I'll just say it outright. You cannot expect to have vitality or long-term improved health outcomes without good quality sleep. It's just absolutely not you have to you have to take care of you. And like I said, I'm I am really bad at that. Um, I don't have a ton of hobbies, and lots of times I don't sleep. But I try to always balance that because I do find that you have to you have to fuel yourself. And if you're not fueled, your work's going to going to fail, and all those things. So you might as well sometimes you just have to say, forget it. I'm done. Go read a book in bed. Yeah. Wow. That's big. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are you up doing most of the time? If you're not sleeping, um, usually working. I also have a four-year-old, so he has those. Sometimes it's 10 30 and he comes wandering down and you're like, I right. to bed an hour and a half ago, I mean, um, but you still stay in the crib. Where did you come from? <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be in bed. Uh, so, I mean, that's sometimes it's a little bit that it's work. It just depends on <laughs> the day following that maybe I have to stay up late to get stuff done, but it's usually the, the normal, the normal mom things, the normal life things of you can leave the crumbs on the counter and just go to bed 
um, stuff, but uh, right. yeah. it really no. truly depends. Yeah. And it's like, so I remember when my daughter was four, like the only time I had to myself was when she was sleeping. So sometimes I'd stay up and just watch movies. Cause I just felt like me time, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but I, I know what you mean. It's, um, it's a quiet time. It's usually uninterrupted. Um, but the other night I went to bed like at eight, Oh, I'm proud of you. That's fantastic. It was kind of, I mean, I was grumpy. And so I was just like, I'm done with this day. So I had to go to bed. <laughs> I respect that. I almost did that yesterday. I was like, can't you just put yourself to bed? I mean, you're four. You can kind of brush your teeth enough to put on a pull up and go to bed. It's fine. Mom <laughs> wants to just retire. <laughs> oh my God, everybody. It's just so real. Thanks for being so real. Um, of course. Yeah. I feel like there's not enough of that because we all see social media where everyone's in matching outfits and making these gourmet meals. And that's not always, that's, that's not the case. Not, not always the case. That's not the case. That's Something else is nothing looks that perfect in picture and tied up with a bow. I know. Although I have to say, there's so many times I want to film what I'm doing in the kitchen and I don't because it's not clean enough. <laughs> I and then I'm like, does anyone really want to see this dirty stove? You know? Yes, and, they do. All right. All right. It's all part. It's all, I think it's all part of what makes you, you and we, I did a talk actually two weeks ago at Notre Dame, which is where I went, I got, I got my MBA and, um, somebody said, we're not used to having people be authentic and genuine. I'm like, well, what if these kids are starting a business? Mm. They're starting an entrepreneur. They're entrepreneurs. Like if they don't see the raw version of what that's like, they're think they think they're, they're not in the right path. They're not doing the right thing. So why wouldn't I be authentic and say, Hey, this is hard. And sometimes you're going to do this and you're going to go to bed with a list of a hundred things that you didn't do today. But if I sat there and said, everything was perfect, then they're going to think they're doing something wrong. Right. So to me, I think that that genuine authenticity is really important to showcase that, Hey, you can still be this phenomenal woman, but you, we're all going to have a little bit of things that we have to flex on. And so you can still be this phenomenal accomplished woman and maybe have a dirty stove. That's okay too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I cook a lot and I made this epic soup and I'm like, oh my gosh, Ooh. why didn't I film the soup today? Cause I was just like, okay, what do I have in the fridge? What am I going to do with it? And I just kind of, okay, um, yeah, you have to put, you have to put when you, maybe when you, when you, you can take a photo of it in the bowl okay. and put little notes on it for those people like me who are going, oh, everything out of this, the fridge into the, the pot. That sounds yeah, perfect. I had like leftover squash. I had like a parsnip and some celery, some carrots. I'm like, hmm, soup. And I just turned out brilliantly. I mean, like it was so good. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like this time of year. I love to be, you know, having lots of soups with herbs, um, yes. healing, healing herbs. Cause that also helps us maintain our energy. I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot going on. What do you teach at the university? I teach women and minorities in entrepreneurship. Amazing. Yeah. Entrepreneurship definitely has this kind of delusional, uh, shiny coating. And in reality, it it's that it's really intense and hard. That, that's a really great way to say that a shiny coating. And I tell the students that there are so many people out there with amazingly successful businesses who are, we would consider some of the wealthiest people we know, but they're not a Facebook. They didn't go public. They don't need to be. They're doing great things just in this category that maybe nobody ever talks about. So True. I always encourage them to remember that there are mama pop shops that do really well and, and all the way up through a Facebook, but remember even Mark Zuckerberg hasn't made it. He's still evolving himself and his business. So he doesn't just rest on his laurels every night either. So that's true. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, I have uh, friends in the, in the dry cleaning business, right? They're just going back to dry cleaning. I don't know why it keeps coming up today, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're wildly successful, right? Wildly successful. 
Um, even like there's all kinds of interesting things like friends of mine who have concepts that help um, dentists office uh, with their marketing strategies. They're wildly successful. Um, so this random things that you would never right. think, you know, we're just, we're going to be so, so needed. And I think finding out what people need and, and then that's really mm-hmm. what all of the successful apps these days have been doing, right? Meeting the consumer um, and, and where their demands are and where they're not getting met. Turo, right. example, Uber, great example, Airbnb, great example. I mean, mm-hmm. it, they're, they're disrupting the marketplace and it's pretty exciting. So yeah, I oftentimes ask myself about that in the health industry. You know, like what are, what do people need that they're not getting? And of course that everyone wants that one pill, but that doesn't, that's not real. That does not work. No, it doesn't. Or weight loss. It's, right? it's the hard, it's the hard work and it's the, um, it's a lot of uh, self-restraint and redirection. I mean, even children, right? It's we, re, we redirect our children to, to, to make a better choice or to distract them from whatever over here that they really want. It's, I find the same with myself, right? I'm almost redirecting going, okay, well, you don't want to go work out, but you love the benefits of it. And like, let's just focus on the stuff at the end, not the putting your clothes on your shoes and going upstairs and hopping on the Peloton. Right. It's, it's really rethinking and reshaping the way we think is so, I think to me is such a critical piece of that. That is the critical piece for sure. And I would uh, challenge to say that, yes, we need to redirect. And, but I think that for self-starters like you and me, I think that works, right? But a lot of people don't have the willpower and they aren't self-starters in that same level. So at some point, I think there has to, like I found that education, as I built like hundreds of programs for um, training health coaches and for behavior change methodologies. And one thing I found is that there's this like moment when people understand why they're making a choice. It's somehow something switches over to like, I have to do this. There's no other option because all the other options suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not really, like, I'm not, I, I know too much now. I'm too awake now to like commit to that other thing that is sucky. Yep. No, <laughs> you're, totally you're right. <laughs> I'm really dumbing it down because I don't want to get into that coaching lingo, which is just, yeah, it's just kind of silly. Um, but yeah. So gosh, I wish we had more time, but I think it's time we, we wrapped. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom for our listeners? I I think go back to the, make sure you take care of you. And sometimes that leap is, is small and it's going to bed 10 minutes earlier. Sometimes that leap is huge and it's changing jobs to something more fulfilling or making a move somewhere. I mean, whatever that might be, it's okay to take a little, little risk for yourself because put yourself first every once in a while, because as women, we tend to let other people drive the ship and this is your life too. So make sure that you fulfill your needs and take care of you the best way you can. Um, and like I said, those can be small things as go to bed early, which I'm going to be the tonight when I'm trying to stay up late, I'm going to be like, okay, I told everyone to go to bed early. I better do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy, thank you so much. Last night's game and they can check you out. It looks like just about everywhere, except this. what's the best last night's, yeah. last night's game.com. And then I run all of our Instagram. We have no backup person on that. It's just me. So if you ever have any questions or want to DM me, That is me. So I will answer you. Absolutely. Nice. Love it. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, 
please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-aline.com backslash podcast dash guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.